sit down with the new head coach of Burl High School in Burl, Pennsylvania, Sean Liotta. Coach installs his no-huddle offense and details the criteria for its success. Coach also explains the benefits of running an up-tempo system and the practice structure necessary for implementing such an offense. Architect of the no-huddle, no-mercy offense, Coach Liotta has a wealth of experience and knowledge that we were fortunate enough to have on our show. His successes at every level are a testament to the quality of programs and systems that he has played a huge role in establishing. Coaches, we wanted to thank you. We're very appreciative of all the support that you've shown us over these past few weeks and for all of our loyal subscribers who continue to listen in on our show week after week. Intentionally Grounded will be going to the One Back Spread Clinic down in Dallas, Texas on June 1st and 2nd. Feel free to, while we're down there, stop by, say hello and introduce yourself and potentially set up a time to become a future guest on our show. We look forward to seeing you there. Also, coaches, it would be a great help to us to help spread the word of what we do if you would leave a review on one of our podcasting networks at either iTunes or Stitcher and let us know how we're doing. As always, you can find all of our podcasts updated weekly on our website at igfootballcoach.com. So we are here today with Coach Sean Liotta from Borough High School. Coach, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in coaching football. Well, you know, I was fortunate. I just was recently hired at Burrow High School, and I'm actually a resident of the community here. I've lived here for probably the last decade or so. Um, but prior to that, for the past 19 years, I've been coaching at uh, the high school level, the college level, and the professional level with arena football. And, um, you know, my career started off in high school. You know, I started um, – uh, right at my alma mater when I got done uh, playing at Springdale High School. I was an assistant there for three years under a Hall of Fame uh, head coach uh, by the name of Chuck Wagner, a great guy. Um, then I went to Duquesne University uh, for two years as the running backs coach there under Greg Gattuso. Uh, was a part of a you know one AA mid-major national championship team in 2003. Um, then in 2004, I had the opportunity at age 23 to become a high school head football coach uh, at a school called Lion Mountain High School. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny, you know, you go out there and you think you, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know when you're 23. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, um, it certainly was a tremendous experience to be a head coach at such a young age and uh, certainly learned a lot from that experience. But that was near in, in like the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area. Um, which I'm from the Pittsburgh region of Pennsylvania. So that, that was about the middle part of the state. And then um, my wife and I, you know, we're going to get married. So I moved back um, into the Pittsburgh area and I became the head coach at a school called West Shemokin High School, was coach there for four years, um, went on to be the offensive coordinator at several schools, uh, Yawk High School, uh, McKeesport High School for a bunch of years. Um, in 2014, in 2015, I was the offensive coordinator at Clarendon High School, and uh, at that time, we actually set the Pennsylvania state record for scoring. Um, we scored 958 points in the 2014 season, and that actually was good for second all-time nationally. There's only one team that scored more than us that year, or in the history of high school, of 11-man high school football, and that was a team in Texas, uh, Lido, Texas, um, that scored a few more points than we did but and also so I enjoyed that opportunity then the last two years I was the head coach at a 
at a big school out here called Albert Gallatin High School, 5A school. And I enjoyed my time out there uh, the last two years as a head coach. And this opportunity uh, presented itself at Burrow High School. And then, you know, certainly I, it was a great opportunity to get into the community here and get back close to home and um, just a great program with a lot of tradition. So, so I'm very excited to be at Burrow. Now, in addition to that, I coached arena football as a head coach for nine years. I coached primarily in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, won a couple championships in several uh, professional indoor leagues. And I'm actually still involved as a consultant with a group that is putting a professional football league in 2019. It's going to be called the Fan Controlled Football League, and it's going to be based out of Las Vegas. So, um, you know, very excited about that. You know, I've been at every level. Of you talk about high school, all school to big school as a head coach or coordinator. So I've, I've been on those levels, so I understand the different challenges that are inherent in those different levels. Um, and then coaching college and, and the professional stuff. So I feel I've got a really good, um, you know, background and you know some things to to certainly bring to the community here. Coach, if you, if the community of Burl has never met you or they didn't look into your background and and you had to say something to them and kind of what should they expect from you and what should the community and program expect from you? What would you tell them? Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, first and foremost, you know, discipline. Our program is going to be disciplined. Uh, we're going to treat kids the right way. We're going to have high expectations for our kids. And we're going to hold them accountable uh, on the field and in the classroom. You know, the classroom behavior, uh, we spend a lot of time with monitoring of our kids' grades and behavior. Uh, we want to develop a total person, a total uh, student athlete, and that, that's very important to me. You know, on the field, we're going to be exciting. We're an up-tempo uh, no huddle system, you know, we're going to do some things that probably have been a little different than they've done uh, in recent years, you know, that way on that side of the football. Uh, and defensively, we're going to get after it and, and attack, you know, out of the odd stack defense and, and then try to create some opportunities on special teams. So, um, you know, we're going to bring a swagger back to the program uh, at Borough High School, and, and certainly we're going to uh, develop um, great young men uh, on and off the field. Coach, you've, you've obviously hit on a little bit about all the levels of football that you've coached uh, coached at from the 1AA level at Duquesne to your professional indoor team and now you're a consultant and all those various high schools that you've been at. Uh, what have all these stuffs taught you and, and how have they helped kind of change or shape your coaching philosophy? Sure, that, that's a great question. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of people ask that. And really, if you, if you talk to any coaches, whether they're NFL guys or you know, down to, you know, high school guys, they're, they're going to tell you football is football. You know, really the, the, the level changes, you know, in that the, the different type of athlete that you have, maybe the budget that you have, uh, the things that you're able to do that way, um, the attention that your program gets. But ultimately, when you get on a football field and you get, you know, young men or men, you know, if it's the professional level or college level and, you know, you get between those white lines, it's, it's all the same. Coaching is coaching. You know, coaching is teaching. Uh, coaching is, is finding a way to maximize, you know, each of your players' individual strengths and how they can correlate, you know, for the greater good of the team. And, and, I, and, and that's what really separates teams that are, that are really talented teams or, or good teams with teams that are successful teams and championship level teams. And, you know, it, it's how those, those players are able to work together. And, and really, I think that's the role of the coach to 
uh, not only instill a system or X's and O's. You know, everybody thinks it's about X's and O's. You know, X's and O's. It really doesn't matter what X's and O's you run. I mean, I have I have a style of football certainly that I favor and that I've been able to develop uh, over the years. But it doesn't matter what you teach as long as you teach it well and your players understand it and what you do fits the talent of your players. And, and I think if you're able to do that and your players have an understanding of it and they're on the same page and they're working together as a team, that's what football's about. And that's when you see, you know, teams be very successful. Coach, you're one of the architects of the no huddle, no mercy offense, which is, like you said before, set several uh, Pennsylvania high school state records, most notably is a scoring record. Um, for a person who's never seen your system before, can you describe your offensive system and explain what makes it so successful? Sure. I mean, we are going to set an incredibly fast pace, uh, first of all. You know, we, we want to set a tempo. Uh, we have the saying, you know, play fast. You know, we, we'll say a lot of times, you know, we, we want to play fast, meaning we want the defense at all times to have to be ready for an imminent snap of the football. So, you know, they've got to be ready. They've got to be prepared. We don't give the defense a lot of time to to get calls in. And, you know, we force them to kind of become a no-huddle defense. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to, you know, take a little bit of time, okay, where we may get up there and we may have some of our, you know, checks at the line and things that we do. But there's always going to be the threat that we're snapping the ball within five seconds of the ready for play. Um, so, so that threat is always there, and that's kind of the mentality of how we practice. Um, you know, we really push the envelope that way. We get a lot of plays off in practice. We don't practice for long periods of time, um, but we do certainly have our practices segmented so that we get a high number of reps. Now, the other thing we do that some no-huddle teams don't do, we use a lot of motion. We use a lot of shifting in our offense. So, you know, we will move around. We will do different things to kind of – you know, cause the defense some problems. So just as a, as a general um, philosophy in terms of tempo, that, that's kind of what uh, goes into it. Now, in terms of scheme, you know, we'll get more into that, you know, as, as we talk here, I'm sure. But, you know, we, we're, we're going to have, you know, a limited number of plays. We're going to have a lot of different ways to kind of window dress it and, you know, do some different things, RPOs and, you know, built-in, you know, quicks and things like that to, to kind of, uh, really force the defense to always be wrong. You know that that's that's kind of our our goal with it. Coach, you kind of you kind of hit on this a little bit about we're going to dive into the X's and O's and things like that. And as we've researched you and done our homework on you, a lot of your materials and and a lot of your offenses, you you run no huddle no mercy dot com. You know as well as seanliata.com. dot com. And talk a little bit about those two websites and what what got you to maybe putting your stuff out there. And and then kind of the flip side of it has it. If, as as you've advertised your offense and how it works, has it kind of hurt you a little bit from the coaching side of things? Sure. I mean, the, the, the website and the consulting and the DVD stuff we've done has, has been great. I mean, I'll be honest. That's been – I've really enjoyed the opportunity to get around the country, and this really has been around the country. I mean, I've – for probably the last five years, four years, five years, I've spoke at clinics from the West Coast uh, up into Canada – um, I've been with the Glazier Clinics the last four years, literally spoke all around the country. I mean, they've flown me to, you know, all kinds of cities, uh, you know, around the country to speak about this. Um, I've done clinics, you know, in the South. I've done the Mississippi. I've done them in Canada. Um, I've done private install clinics for coaches all over the country. 
a lot of guys on the East Coast, Baltimore, uh, Maryland, you know, areas like that. I've done a bunch of private installs with those guys. So, I mean, there, there's been a, a good number of schools. And at one point, I think we were up to, we had 32 schools in different states that actually were um, members of the No Huddle, No Mercy system, um, you know, that we offer. So, you know, we, we've, you know, I, that's been, you know, that's been excellent. Um, back to the question of, do I worry about people seeing it? Well, you know, no, not really. Cause you know, we evolve it and adapt it just like, uh, you know, anybody else. I mean, every year, you know, I try to go somewhere and spend time with, with some people that I'm fortunate enough to, to get to know and, and, and learn some things and, and adapt what we do. I mean, just in the last two years, I mean, if you're a guy that likes to throw the ball the last two years, I spent a week with John Jenkins down in Florida, you know, the run and shoot, you know, innovator, you know, the guy really that, you know, put that stuff on the map with Houston and really one of the, the smartest coaches out there that you'll ever find, uh, bar none. You know, I spent a week with him, you know, learning his system. And then this past year, I, I got to go down to Jackson State with Hal Mummy, you know, the innovator, the air raid, and, you know, spend a, spend a week with them down at Jackson State, you know, learning that system and, uh, you know, how they do things and kind of adapt you know, some things to what we do. And I've done that every year. I've every year tried to go somewhere and, and, and learn some things. So I, I never got to a point where, you know, as a coach, I think that I know, um, you know, that I have all the answers because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find the answers and trying to develop what we do. So I think it's very important that the coaches have a constant uh, learning um, in their learning process, you know, in their off season to try to, you know, put the, put the kids in the best position to be successful in terms of other schools, knowing what we do or, you know, I'm, football's football. Everybody's got your film. So, you know, and when they, when they see your film, they, they know what you do and who you are. And, you know, they know your weaknesses. They know your strengths. So there's really nothing in hiding that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I will say I don't – I have the opportunity to block people from purchasing subscriptions that – would maybe be in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've, I've, I have had to block. We, we have turned away some coaches from, from Western Pennsylvania, you know, just because I won't, obviously, I'm not going to sell a, a subscription to give people um, that information uh, that, that's right in our backyard there. Yeah. So, so unfortunately Western PA guys are, are out. We don't, we don't play any interstate games. So if guys are in schools in other States, they, they can, feel free to, you know, we'll get them on board and get them signed up. And, uh, actually, we actually, had, we actually had two schools this week just, just join on. So it, it's, you know, it, it, it's something I think that when, when people get into um, and really what started the whole, the whole consulting thing, the idea of creating the website with over 500 videos was I did a five disc DVD set with American football monthly back in 2014 um, went down there did the videos and they were the highest selling videos they ever did actually if you can believe that and i was humbled by that myself because they've had a lot of really good coaches down there do videos over the years for them i mean they, they were the leading trade publication for for uh, football coaches you know college and high school for for the longest time you know prior to the whole print you know unfortunately print is is kind of dead you know, and in the current, in its current format. And I think that's kind of affected, you know, affected them a little bit in, in some ways, but um, that's kind of what spawned, 
you know, that's kind of what spawned the whole, it was, hey, let's do more. Coaches are asking for more. They want more than these hour-long DVDs. You know, they want a way to get everything. They want a way to get the practice schedules, the call sheets, the, the film, the, you know, every play is in depth. You know, if you, if you get to log into that website, you would get every play. You'd not only get how we do it, why we do it, formation variations, um, what we do versus every defensive front in category with how we order up the defense um, in terms of the perimeter boxes, the interior boxes, and the over-the-top coverage, you know, how we break all that down. So it's in a really easy way for people to, to learn, you know, to pick the system up. So it, it's been very it's been very successful. Coach, if, if they're talking to a prospective coach who wanted to make the switch to the no huddle, no mercy system, what advice would you give them for making the change? And, and what characteristics do you believe are essential for any successful implementation of your offense? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to believe in it, you know, and, and, and that's the biggest one. Like you, no matter what you do, you have to believe in it and you have to get your staff to believe in it. And you have to get your kids to believe in it. And if they, if you believe they will believe and, you know, what happens is guys will get in and they'll implement something and it's not, it doesn't work right away. It's not, there's no magic pill in football. It's about developing players, getting better, progressing. It's not, there is no magic. There, there's no magic bullet, no magic pill that's going to turn you into a undefeated state champion in a year. So what happens is guys will do something. It won't work the first two or three games. They scrap it or they change it, or they start running flavor of the week offense, or, you know, it's not, and that, that is detrimental to what you're trying to do. You need to stick with what you believe in and the results will pay off. And you can use this with any type of kids. Now, look, I've run it with, when I've got great athletes, we score a lot of points. Okay. Score a lot of points because obviously we got great athletes, you know, but I've run it at schools like my last school came in there. They had not had a winning season in, not even had a 500 season in 30 years, the history of the school. They were on a 25-game losing streak when we came in. But what playing fast and what a no-huddle offense does, it generates excitement in your school. It gets kids out for football that maybe haven't played football before. We had a kid this past season, was on the soccer team the year before. He came out for football this year, had about 900 yards receiving, and was first team all-conference. Um, is, a, is, a, is a senior fresh out for football after not playing the year before. So it will do things like that for your program. It will generate interest. This is the style of football, I believe, in this day and age that kids want to play. Kids want to get the ball. Different kids want to touch the ball. Um, it gets a lot of kids involved in your offense. I think it limits, you know, in the whole day and age of concussion and, and contact and things like that, I think it, it kind of negates some of that where you'd have if you were packed in there in a, in a power eye or, you know, pro style type type deal. And it's a little bit of a different um, philosophy there. And, and you practice that way as well. And I think it kind of limits your, your guys that maybe get banged up concussions and things like that. Um, but you, you have to believe in it. Like this past year, we went down and we beat a team that had beat us the year before 49 to seven, I think it was. We beat them at their field 28 to 27. They called it the biggest upset in, in local history. Um, they were a ranked team at the time. They ended up being a playoff team. I think they were ranked third in the, in the region at the time. Um, but we went down to their field and beat them. 
uh, with a team that we probably didn't have any business, um, you know, being there with them. But we um, we believed in it. We believed in our plan. Well, we executed. We gave them a lot of trouble uh, with the tempo and some of the things that we did. So it was, um, you know, that was very rewarding, you know, be able to go down and get that upset. So because some guys will say, well, I don't think we have enough talent to do it. You know, I, I don't subscribe to that. You know, or guys will say, well, we're at a small school. You know, I got a lot of two-way players. I scored 958 points with a bunch of two-way players. Um, you know, the, about the only time, here's what I'll say, about the only time where it may be not in your best interest to, to do this and really push the tempo the entire game would be if I was at a small school where I had like 24 kids on a roster, okay, and I was playing a school that had 65 or 70, and they had a lot of guys playing one way, you know, they, they were two platooning guys and things like that, that could be detrimental to you. Um, you know, if your guys are all going both ways, you're, you're going to feel the effects of, of the, the tempo and you're going to get worn down a little bit more so than they will if they have got fresh guys on both sides of the ball and they've got guys they can sub that are fresh and you know if they've got 70 kids or 75 kids and it's rare when schools encounter that typically at least in our area that never happens I mean if you're 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 put into your your region by classification and you play strictly teams of the same classification or maybe one up or one down and, and it's not there's not a disparity like that like we're not going to go play a team at Burrow with 40 kids on the roster and they've got a hundred. You see what I'm saying? We're, yep. we're not, that's not going to ever be, that's not ever going to be an issue. But if somebody did encounter that, I would say then, yeah, it, it may, that that's one, that's one situation where I would maybe be a little leery about doing it. But other than that, it doesn't matter if you're a small school, your guys are playing both ways or you're, you're able to platoon at a big school. Um, you know, I've seen it work in all those scenarios. Coach, let's talk about practice a little bit and take us through what a typical practice structure would look like for you, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, and and then maybe talk about what age you start installing uh, the no huddle, no mercy. Sure. Um, the funny thing about the age, I'll get to the practice schedule. But the age thing, I actually just met with the, the head of our youth organization um, yesterday for for a period of time, and they're at. We're going to do some chalk talks and things with them, but yeah, they're going to implement some no huddle. Um, some tempo and things like that in their in their organization and now we're going to get our middle school to implement some of it as well and you know you try to keep some of the terminology the same now there's things that we do at a varsity level that a youth level is not capable of doing um, you know the, some of the RPO stuff the screens attached like their quarterbacks can't throw the ball to the sideline and, and and things like that so throw the ball down the field and some of those things are, are limited okay but what they can do is they can run our jet series. You know, they, they can run those kind of concepts and, you know, some of our quick screens and things like that. So there are things that they can, they can incorporate. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be good for them. And the tempo, just to get the kids into the mentality of playing fast. You know, we want to play fast. This is how we play. This is the attitude. You know, this is, this is our identity, uh, so to speak. So, you know, I think you certainly can implement a lot of that. Primarily, you can implement tempo. And, and, and really, if you're talking about a use level and you're running no huddle, you're probably going to give people a lot of a lot of fit. <laughs> I mean, even if you're, a, you know, you're you're a power eye team or you're going unbalanced and, and things like that. I mean, you're going to give them all kind of probably all kind of issues with tempo. 
you know, kids, kids probably won't even be able to get lined up a lot of times. So I, I think that's, that, that's a really cool deal for those kind of teams to, to do. Um, typical practice schedule. Now what we'll do, our guys will come in right after school and how we're going to do now, we'll, we'll split our guys. Like if it's a Monday, all right, we'll split our guys into, into lift. So our linemen would go in and lift for 20 minutes. Our skill guys would be in a meeting. So positional meetings for 20, and then we flip-flop. The linemen will come with me, and the uh, skill guys will go in and lift. And the reason I like to do that is that way I can run all of the meetings personally, okay? But it's still a positional meeting. Because a lot of times what happens if you try to do a chalk talk, because really there's a process of teaching guys. We don't have playbooks, all right? We, we haven't had playbooks in a long, long time. We give our guys notebooks, and the notebooks have this mechanical graph paper that has fields drawn up. Every every square is one yard, so we're very specific um, about where we line guys up and things like that. Um, and what we do is we give them that notebook, and you know they they've got to take their own notes and write that stuff down. So that's kind of the classroom element of it. But I want to control that, and I don't want to do it in a total team setting because what happens is when I'm talking about line play all the skill guys are tuning it out for the most part. It doesn't pertain to them. And then sometimes when you get back to what pertains to them, you don't get them back mentally clicking. Okay. So that's kind of the, the deal there. So we separate the meetings. We have them in meetings. They get their lift. So then we'll, we'll get on the field. Now we get on the field. We, we don't have a traditional stretch period. Um, our linemen will be doing their warm up. Uh, a lot of pass sets, things, things of that nature, one-on-one -on -one type stuff where they're getting loose. Um, our skill guys are in what we call noose drill. I'm sure you guys are very familiar with the, you know, with the settle and noose drill. We'll do that. We'll do pat and go. Um, then at that point in time, we'll get into either a team, you know, teach period, a short five-minute, hey, this is today's install. This is what we're going to do. You know, we'll do a very brief kind of the on-field version of the meeting. Okay, so it's kind of the, we take the classroom out onto the field for about five minutes, but not a long period of time, or you lose them. It's about five minutes. And then we start to get it cranked up. We're in the individual period. So we'll break off, you know, by position into, into indies, you know, get a lot of fundamental work. But the fundamental work is tied into the plays that we are running that day. On a particular day, we may run two runs two passes, two screens, and maybe a gadget, you know, or the RPO or something built into the, to the run. And that, that would be it for the day. So we're not talking a lot of number of plays. You know, we're getting really good at those concepts. So we'll be in the indie period. Then we'll get into some group period, depending on the day. It could be an RPO period. It could be an inside run period, um, you know, depending on what that, what that day is calling for. Uh, we will always do a screen period. And I, I would tell guys to check this out because a lot of coaches have run this screen drill that we do. And it doesn't matter what kind of offense you run. You could use this screen drill, really, whether you're a no huddle team or not or whatever you do. Go to X and O Labs. Um, I did an article for them a couple of years ago. It's called, I think, 80, 80 plays in 10 minutes screen drill. Like we get 80 snaps. We get 60 to 80 snaps in a 10 minute period with this screen drill. And it's a rapid fire deal where you get to work with all of your screens to both sides um, in a half line setting for about seven minutes, seven and a half minutes, and then a full team setting the last two or two and a half minutes. But you'll, 
you'll get a lot of really good reps. Your linemen get to work on releases and, you know, getting a punch and getting a release. Your receivers work good perimeter blocking. Guys are working catching the football, getting up the field, securing the ball, putting it away, getting to their landmarks. Uh, it's, it's a really good drill. Your quarterbacks are working the different types of throws that they have to make on those screens, different release points uh, for some of the interior screens and, and, and things like that. So it's a good drill. We do that drill every day. Uh, we have a mesh period every day. Mesh period meaning we time our jet sweep up. All right. So we do that without a ball, um, you know, really to work on, you know, the timing of the jet, the faking, uh, the mesh with our inside zone. Uh, you know, all of that stuff um, comes in that period as well. Um, and then we have situational. We put a big emphasis on situational football. So we'll have a blitz period every day. You know, we'll have 12 plays scripted out against various pressures that we may or may not see. See, that that's the thing we do. See, we work on we, – we prepare our kids for any type of pressure they may see. So, so we're going to work A-gap pressures, B-gap pressures, four to a side. Um, edge pressure. We're going to work all that in that period. We don't know what the other team's going to do to us. I mean, we, we've played teams where we've come out and they've been a 4-3 team and then they come play us and they have one guy with his hand in the ground and everybody else is standing around like an amoeba defense kind of, you know, trying to attack from, from space and from different areas. You know, we've played teams that have put everybody up on the line and, and, and rushed guys, you know, seven up defense. Everybody across, lift them all, play man. Um, we played teams that have dropped eight you know, and, and, and rush three. So we, we've, we see a lot of different things. So we try to prepare because I don't ever want to put our kids into a game situation where they're not prepared for something that they might see. So, so the blitz period kind of handles that. Uh, we'll have another period. One, some days it's a red zone period. And other days it's a long yardage period. Um, other days it's a short yardage backed up period. So those are really the three situationals I think that are very important. So, you know, number one, long yardage. Okay, so, you know, long yardage, uh, double stick type stuff, third and 12, third and 10, fourth and eight. You know, we get different, you know, scenarios. Now, when you get in the game, your kids are prepared for those kind of things. Then we'll go red zone. All right, so we'll go red zone. We'll go from the 18, some place from the 18. We'll go some place from the 12, some place from the eight, some place from the three. All right, and we'll, you know, we'll have some things scripted out down there. Then we'll do some conversions, two-point conversions. I coached once at a school where, you know, we, we didn't have a kicker, so we had to always go for two. And, you know, the one thing that we do with, with the two-point conversion is we'll always practice, and this is where the situational football comes in, we'll practice what happens if we score a touchdown at the end of the game and we get a penalty for celebration. Guys run on the field or somebody takes their helmet off or whatever. Now there's a 15-yard penalty. We got to go for two. We got to go for two from the 18-yard line. Well, you better have a play that your kids believe in and that you've practiced to go win the game from the 18-yard line. So you better practice that. So we practice that. Like our kids will know what our play to win the game from the 18-yard line is going to be. Our kids will know if we have one play to win the game, this is what it's going to be. So, you know, we're backed up on the 20-yard line. We're not just grab-bagging a play. We are calling a play that we've practiced, we've repped, and we believe gives us a chance to score. And again, that goes back to the belief that you have to instill in your players, in your plan. You can't just, you know, try to wing it and come up with things on the fly. You've got to have a plan to be successful. And then we'll do a team tempo period. And, and in a team tempo period, it, it, once we hit that, really the emphasis is on tempo. 
So we'll run a play, and then a ball is going to get spotted, and we've got to sprint to the ball, get the call, get the play snapped within five seconds of the ready for play. And the focus of that drill really is not a team period in the, in the element of we've already basically repped all of our plays in practice prior to that. So this is more of a tempo. This is more of a no pre-snap penalties. You know, everybody's lined up. Motion's good. Shifts are good. And we're snapping the ball. Now, if we make a mistake that way, the ball, we do 10 up downs and the ball goes all the way back to the five yard line and we restart the drill. So we've got to go up and down the field incrementally. Sometimes we move it five yards, sometimes we move it 10 yards, sometimes we move it two yards. You know, we're moving it hash dash. Sometimes we move it 20 yards and the kid's got to sprint down the field and get lined up quick, you know, and, and get ready to play. So, you know, we, we, we do that. Um, you know, and, and what, what that'll do is that'll, that'll get your kids really, that's kind of our conditioning. We don't, we don't condition in the form of sprints after practice. We don't condition as a punishment. Um, you know, you know, we don't use conditioning you know, like in the form of a punishment. We will use it in what we call a late squad, where if we have something where our kids have run afoul of the team rule or policy, then we'll run those kids with what we call a late squad. But we don't, you know, the, the, the part everyone dreads about practice at the end is uh, line up and run a bunch of 40-yard gassers. You know, we don't do that. Uh, we've already, if we've been on the field for an hour and 45 minutes and we've practiced the right way, we've already got our conditioning in. We've been moving around. We've been flying around. The periods are up tempo. Everyone's involved. Um, you know, our, our kids have gotten their conditioning in uh, in that manner that we don't feel that we need to, to really sprint them and things like that at, at the end of at the end of practice. But really, that's a, that would be an offensive practice, um, you know, right there. And again, with the focus on those core concepts uh, for the day. Sean, if we had a look at your offensive system and, and dive more into the X's and O's and look at your passing concepts and your run game concepts, what would be some of your passing game concepts that are kind of staples of your offense? And what would be some of your running game concepts that you hang your hat on? Sure. I mean, run game, you know, we're going to run some zone stuff. We're on inside zone, outside zone. I've always been a big jet guy. We do a lot with the jet sweep, a lot off of the jet sweep in terms of inside runs and complementary runs. We use the jet motion to, to, to free the defense, hold defenders, really make contain players, play slow, make the alley players come down and make a play. So I, I think the jet is a great play if you run it the right way and you incorporate it. I think it really um, puts the defense in a bind because, you know, my belief is if we're going to run jet, and you don't rotate your defense, you don't do something different, do account for that and don't try to get an extra player down in the alley, an extra force guy, we feel that we, we should win most of those battles. And then what happens is teams start to do that, and they start to rotate, spin their coverage uh, and things like that, and that really leaves them susceptible to the passing game because we not only just will bring that guy across and jet him, we'll, we'll bring him in extended motion all the way across into trips or quads or you know, whatever it is. And, um, you know, if you've rotated your coverage and again, we're playing fast, so you don't have a lot of time to get these things called. Uh, we feel there's opportunities for, for big, big plays uh, off of it in the passing game, whether it's play action or whether it's off of our, off of our drop back stuff. So, so really run game wise, we're going to be zone. We're going to run some jet. We're going to run some gap schemes. You know, we're going to run, we'll run power. We'll run counter. We'll get in our two back stuff with the H back. I don't use an inline tight end. Uh, we're not big on a, an actual inline tight end. We will use an H-back. We will move him around. 
Um, so that's kind of our tight end. It allows them to be a little more flexible in where we line them up and some of the things we can do. And we kind of in the slot, move them in, or we can you know, keep them in the backfield, move them out, you know, however, however we want to do it. Um, you know, and then we, so we will some gap runs, will some complimentary runs, trap, draw, you know, lead, things like that, uh, depending on the personnel we have and who we're playing. Uh, but we're going to be really good at inside zone. We're going to be really good at outside zone. We're going to be really good at, uh, you know, the gap stuff. And uh, passing game-wise, we are, you know, a lot of base stuff, to, you know, run and shoot and, and air raid type stuff. So we've got, we've got crossing packages. We're big on crossers, you know, mesh, shallows, uh, things like that. Or, you know, that's a part of the package. Vertical, you know, our vertical uh, series, our outside series. Um, in the passing game where we're reading, you know, really that's, that's a pass offense in and of itself in terms of all the different options uh, that we have there. And then we have certainly a bunch of different read package and seam reads and, you know, things like that we tag. So a lot of our stuff is, you know, our kids are um, multiple adjusting routes, you know, you would say. So our guys are adjusting things on the move based off of, you know, what we've drilled. And that goes back to a lot of the, the run and shoot, uh, you know, kind of mindset. Coach, kind of to wrap up here a little bit, what is your ultimate goal look like in the coaching profession? You know what? Now I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I am, I will be happy to be the head coach at Burrow high school right now for as long as they, they want to keep me around. Um, I live in this community here. I'm, I'm a part of this community. I think this is a special place to be. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, to be the football coach here, hoping to be the football coach here for a long time and continue to develop uh, excellent uh, student athletes on and off the field uh, here for the for the community. Coach, as is tradition on our, our show, we always ask our, our guests to pick a walk-up song as we use for our intro music. And we use this walk-up song as if you were a professional baseball player or maybe a professional wrestler. <laughs> if we had to ask what your walk-up song would be, what would yours be and why? That's tough. That's really tough. You know, that's a tough one because I'll tell you what, I, I like all different genres of music except country. You know, <laughs> no country. Um, you know what it probably would be? Speaking of wrestling, say walk-up song, the Razor Ramon theme song. You remember that one, the bad <laughs> yeah. guy? Yeah. The bad, yeah, that would probably be That would probably be it. Yeah, that would probably be it. I'd probably have to go, probably have to go with that. I always thought that was pretty cool when I was a kid and he'd come walking out, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll have to go with the, with the bad guys, uh, theme music there. Coach, I think the real question for our listeners would be is, would you have the toothpick in your mouth then at that point? <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't do that. There's only, you know, there's only certain guys that can do that. He certainly could do it. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta, I don't, I don't got quite the swag that, uh, that he had with that, but, um, you know, yeah, that, <laughs> That would be kind of funny. Well, Coach, we really appreciate your time and you sharing your knowledge with us and our listeners. We really enjoyed having you on the show, and I just wanted to say thank you for your time. Oh, hey, guys, I've really appreciated being on and really appreciate what you guys are doing uh, for the coaching community and, and everyone that tunes in uh, to the show. If you found this podcast helpful, please take the time to go and leave a review, either on Stitcher or iTunes, and let us know what you think.